1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Needle to Face. Today is a very special day. Not only is it your normal weekly episode, but it's also our podcast anniversary. Woo! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, one year of bringing you, almost weekly, Marvel content (laughs) as it comes out slowly and uh, getting you ready for the next big thing. So... That's kind of what we're going to do today is we're going to, of course, celebrate a little bit and kind of let you all meet us a little bit more in depth, but also kind of talk about all the big things that are coming up uh, as far as Marvel content and we'll stick more with like Marvel Cinematic Universe content as opposed to like comics, because that's like a whole other universe, no pun intended. Um, so, I guess, do you guys want to start with news or do you want to start with, you know, save the questions till the end?
2: News uh, first. Yeah, news. Okay. Yeah, i right. start with news.
1: So, I guess we can just kind of round-robin news uh, that we have because I'm sure we've all seen relatively similar news. Um, so, the one uh, that I wanted to talk about right off the bat because I am super jealous and also super excited about it all at the same time, because it sounds like the coolest thing ever. Um, For all of you Marvel fans in the UK, uh, there is a thing called the secret cinema, um, which sounds cool just to begin with. And they are presenting Marvel studios, guardians of the galaxy, the live immersive experience that name alone I was like, this. please, please come to the United States. I want to see this. This sounds like so much fun. Um, essentially, it seems to be an airing of the second movie, I believe, of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, but you're going to be in like a theater, not like a movie theater, but more like a theater theater. Uh, and they will have like, special things and special effects that happen to you as an audience member while you're watching the movie. It didn't seem like from the little explanation I was able to find about it, it didn't seem like it was going to be like a 4d experience where they like spray with mist and stuff. It sounded like they were going to have like actors dressed up as ravagers. Mm -hmm. You were going to be joining the ravagers and ravagers and having like your own mini storyline throughout the movie itself so i like i want i want to watch this even if i have (laughs) to like watch somebody else's experience of this this sounds so cool
2: so jealous all of you (laughs) i wonder if anyone's like you can this or if you if you're able to if you can get on youtube and find like behind the scenes experiences of this yeah i don't know i mean
1: Uh, Yeah, I haven't been able to find anything other than the Secret Cinema's website, Mm -hmm. Um, but it looks like tickets are already on sale uh, for this event. Uh, They went on sale on the 14th of this month, and it's August through December uh, at a secret location in London, so I don't (laughs) know if this uh, Secret Cinema is like if they have a location or if they just like, it's sort of like a pop-up thing yeah. at local theaters. I don't know, but it sounds That's cool, so cool. Though. I
2: mean, it sounds like a speakeasy, right? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's like a themed bar, but for right. a movie. Uh, but yeah, it sounds really cool. So if anyone gets to go and you listen to this podcast, please tell me all about it. I want to <laughs> know. Uh, the CEO of Secret Cinema says... Guests will be transported to the far reaches of the galaxy and experience an evening like no other, as they interact with characters in a storyline unique to them against a backdrop of sensational special effects, whether they want to lead their clan to resounding victory over the scavenger foes, or just reveal the pleasures to be found in contraxia. There's something for everyone to enjoy. So it sounds like you it's like a choose your own adventure. Like I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. I I don't know how it works. Uh, it makes it seem like it's very tailored to you as a guest, mm-hmm. not tailored to an audience full of people. So I don't, cool. I don't know how it works, but
0: if someone wants to smuggle us in a suitcase <laughs> or large purse, we would yes. be excited.
1: Please, please do. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that was my big, that was my number one story. I think that I saw this past week.
0: We got kind of an almost teaser for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. It was like 25 seconds long. I'm not convinced that any of what was in the trailer will actually be in the movie. (laughs) But we did also get a possible explanation for why it's taken so long to get an actual trailer, which is that they apparently just started some reshoots with Christian Mm -hmm. Bale. So they might just not have a actual movie yet to be making a trailer for
1: right yeah i feel like they lately i feel like there's been so many movies games books anything like that that's been pushed back due Mm -hmm. to something and so it's weird to me that we haven't gotten to a point where they just expect that's going to happen so they like plan around it Um, because yes, the little bit that we got did seem very like, oh my God, we haven't shown anybody anything. Hurry. Just like, here, show them this. And it's like, why wouldn't you have planned better to put together some sort of like real teaser for us to enjoy? And like, who knows? Maybe there is a real teaser and it's just waiting for Mm -hmm. Dr. Strange and it'll play before that or the end of that. But like. If they turn the end credits scene for movies now into a trailer for the next movie, i don't do that. No, don't.
2: (laughs) That's so bad. Uh, It was
1: fine for the end of Spider-Man, but even then, it was kind of like, you really couldn't have thought anything else up. You just had to tease the next movie. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. They spend so much time on the storyline and weaving the storyline, you'd think they'd spend a little time on what, you know, giving us little tidbits here and there, as opposed to just kind of like randomly throwing out some nothing, <laughs> even the trailers for uh moon Knight, Mm-hmm. I feel like the longer one is like pretty good, but the shorter trailers that they were doing before that was like mm-hmm. this. St- I don't, if you don't know who Moon Knight is, you still don't know who Moon Knight is. Right. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. I feel the like posters. that a
0: Ryder meme every time I see <laughs> that early Moon Knight trailer <laughs> <laughs> with just the formulas around her head. Like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> but we're about to find out what's happening.
2: I know. Yeah, yeah. So excited. I will say the posters for Moon Knight are like some of the best. They're awesome. Yeah,
1: I, I really like them, but I think, again, it's like, from the couple comics that I've read of Moon Knight to try to prepare myself, I still, first of all, just reading those comics, I still have no idea who Moon Knight is. But seeing the trailers and seeing the posters, I'm like, even more like, oh, I have no idea who this is. What is Moon Knight? Like, I don't understand. Because the the posters where we see, like, we see the, I don't know, Moon Knight god outfit, and then like a Moon Knight surgeon Mm -hmm. outfit or something and then just him i don't know what that is like i know right from the comic that i read the series the mini series that i read it's just the like slowy cape Mm -hmm. crested hood moon knight so i have no idea and now they're showing
2: like these four different variations yeah so it's really interesting
1: and uh speaking of moon knight um did anyone watch the little mini scene of him in the elevator
0: I haven't seen it yet. No, no, I
2: didn't Uh, watch
1: that. Marvel dropped a scene of Oscar Isaac. Uh, He's like in a elevator. And there's, first of all, there's like a shadow of Moon Knight walking towards him. And then it turns into like a scary person with this big bird, like skull head. And then it turns into an old lady who gets in. And he's like, oh, sorry, I was looking for my contact because he's like on the floor. And then she kind of like runs away from him like she's scared. And then he turns around and like the bird thing is in the elevator with him. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and that was it, by the way. That was the clip. Hmm. No context. No build up. I have no idea what that was or why they released it. So
2: well, hopefully that's... we'll find out. I'll have to go check that out. <laughs> yeah, I so uh, yesterday Yesterday, an article dropped interviewing with Oscar Isaac about his reservations for joining the MCU. And like kind of looking into this, I get it, you know, especially being part of Star Wars. Like think Star Wars is massive. Mm -hmm. Think about all the time and work and energy that goes into making those films. Mm -hmm. And Disney's the same way, right? But uh it seems like the whole reason like uh, that kind of pushed him to join was because like he got to play around with the character more. So the whole accent that we've heard in the trailer is all like hit from him, his idea
1: I saw the article as well and as much as I understand his reservations mm-hmm. being a part of such like a large uh, franchise like Star Wars, it's also kind of like, the la- We're not a Star Wars podcast, but the yeah. last three movies <laughs> were not great. And so I just don't know what he would be hanging on to. Yeah. Or what his like, like, come on, there's no way they're making another movie with that group of people, right? Like, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. So unless they're doing something with him in like a series or maybe they're making some weird like one shot spin off about him, like Poe Dameron or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see that happening. So it's kind of like this seems like the perfect time to jump ship, and not even necessarily <laughs> jump ship. Like he mm-hmm. can still do Star Wars stuff, but like, yeah, Marvel is giving him an opportunity to become a character for the next phase. Of the marvel universe so right it seems ridiculous to be like well i don't know because i got this <laughs> star wars thing and it's like do you though? like what star wars thing i don't understand <laughs> so yeah
2: and i mean i don't know like doing that plus you gotta he's also in dune mm. i get oh, where yeah. he's coming from because like he said he just wanted to focus on character studies but And maybe that's just to break up, like, all the the massive things. Because, like, you know, you're going from Star Wars to Dune. Now you're in the MCU. And he's supposed to be Solid Snake in the upcoming Metal Gear movie. Mm -hmm. Like, those are some big IPs.
1: Yeah. But I feel like if you want to do character stuff, Mm -hmm. Marvel's probably the best of those three. Because, like, Poe Dameron's not, like, a deep character. Yeah. And Solid Snake, I could see where you could like put some time into that. But again, that's probably going to be one, maybe two movies. Video game movies tend to not do well. So it will probably be one movie. And then like if it makes a little bit of money, maybe they'll throw a second movie. But (laughs) this Marvel thing could be like multiple seasons of this series and and films potential to be in films. Right. So it's like, would you really turn that down? to do like a solid snake movie and voice act in like a animated Lucasfilm thing. Like I, I yeah. still don't see like what the draw for him would be to stick with Star Wars for his character. It's, he's mm-hmm. not a, there's no growth there. I don't think for Poe Dameron. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like this, could turn into so many more cool things that they could do. So I don't
2: know, Oscar, if you're listening, this it's all love, okay? Yeah, yeah. You're you're (laughs) amazing. Doing the best for
1: you. I have a little
0: Poe Dameron back on that shelf there, and it's from a place of love.
2: (laughs) Yes, yeah. yeah, I I have one too. He's in a box, but (laughs) please visit us and sign all the things, (laughs) please.
0: My lone criticism of Oscar Isaac is not even his fault. I just wish that he played a live action gomez adams instead of just yeah. voicing yes. gomez yeah. adams in yes. a cartoon
2: oh yeah yeah my lone so, so if
1: that was his reservation if they were like remaking <laughs> adams family live action with yeah. him then sure absolutely that's gonna be way more fun but this maybe could lead to that Being a <laughs> creepy know. yeah spooky character so
2: um I guess the last, last maybe last thing on Moon Knight that I saw, this was like minutes before joining this, was uh, episode length was revealed. I think for at least the first four episodes. So it oh, looks okay. like the shortest was like 45 minutes. The rest of them were like right at an hour. Mm-hmm. Good.
1: And then they oh. better continue like that.
2: Yeah.
0: They also said ahead of time that there's six episodes, which they haven't mm-hmm. been releasing the number of total episodes with most of these shows but like right out the gate they were like a six episode series event
2: Mm -hmm. fine so the last (laughs) two better be like two hour episodes
1: yeah and like (laughs) it being six episodes as much as i enjoy when they like dump two episodes on us instead of one yeah don't do that if you only got six
2: yeah, it's kind of like uh, Apple TV's approach lately, like mm-hmm. lately for their series, which I think are average 10 episodes, but they give you the first three right off the bat.
1: Which is great as a and, as a viewer, but yeah. as someone who's trying to like watch and review the episodes, it's like, well, you're you only giving us five weeks of content for six episodes, like right. spread it out, draw, you know. Isn't that the draw
2: to. Yeah, it's either that or like release things faster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or dump them all at once. Like, what's the point of releasing two and then week to week? Why not just release all six? It's only six. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's only six. It's only six hours worth of Moon Knight, but.
2: I'm excited that they're longer, not like 20 to 30 minute episodes. True.
1: Although, what would you prefer? Six hour long ish episodes or like 12 20 minute episodes
2: i want 10 hour and 15 minute episodes
1: (laughs) i'd be down with that yeah yeah average average movie length every wednesday um well kind of sticking with the theme of disney plus uh we got two other big sets of news for disney plus they officially have the Netflix Marvel series, uh, which include Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, Punisher, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there you go, Elisa. You can watch <laughs> like the first two seasons and then turn it off.
2: We can finally watch that.
0: I did add it to my watch list, but a little <laughs> warily, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Once you get to season three, just start skipping around episodes nope. until you find one you like. Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna watch. I'll watch it all. As someone know, who
1: has, I don't know.
2: I, I I'm hearing it, but I'm still gonna watch it all. But I, I really want to go back and finish Daredevil first because I slept <laughs> off in season two on my rewatch. Yeah, I
1: would do that first for sure. Yeah, and then maybe again as a palate cleanser after you finish. Um. Well this is exciting news. Uh, it did also, I got a bunch of emails and by a bunch, I mean two, because uh, <laughs> I share my Disney plus account, uh, with my brother and sister-in-law. And, uh, so I got two emails about it, but Disney plus now has a parental control option. Um, so it seems like that will be their workaround. you know, daredevil i don't know jessica jones luke cage and iron fist are dark but not quite as dark as daredevil and then punisher is like its own thing yeah. so it made sense that they would have to do something mm-hmm. to put these on there uh so i don't know if this maybe will open up disney plus to a wider variety of contents that they have or able to to produce like uh think about all the hulu shows like hit monkey and Modoc and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like now those could potentially come to disney plus i don't know what the you know the rights are and the deals that they have with hulu to produce those things but You know, there's potential for, like, all Marvel content to finally be in one place. Right. Um, Or would even, like, Deadpool, Logan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing is, like, do you think that they're going to hold off on getting Deadpool on Disney Plus until they finally produce the Deadpool? Like, the Disney Marvel Deadpool movie?
2: Probably. I mean, it seems that's the way it typically goes is... Mm -hmm. You know, they'll they'll kind of lock that in like a couple weeks before the new one releases. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, it's exciting news for Disney yeah. Plus definitely uh, to be able Which, to expand.
2: I haven't fact checked this. I saw this. Uh, it was either like late last night or this morning. Um, Hulk is leaving Disney Plus and going to HBO. What? The Incredible Hulk.
0: That's not legal. They can't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah what's the uh, I don't know
2: why that why that decision was made or why that would happen um, I'm gonna have to try to fact check that um,
1: yeah I wonder if it's maybe since Disney has the rights to these now I would assume Disney has the rights to these maybe they're like they like lend them off to other like they're like here HBO you can show the Hulk for a couple of months and then we'll or
0: take is it, it back. Is it one of the Legacy Hulk movies? Is it like the Eric Banner Hulk, maybe?
2: No, this is the Incredible Hulk. Apparently, it is going to be streaming on HBO Max starting April 1st. Interesting. Yeah.
1: But is it coming off of Disney Plus? Or is it just going to be streaming on both?
2: I thought it was on Disney Plus. um, But, again, it's one I, I don't watch that frequently, but it's... I don't mind watching it, but I just haven't paid attention. Interesting. Hmm.
1: Well, we lose one thing and we get something else because (laughs) the next Marvel (laughs) series that's following on the heels of Moon Knight uh, will be Miss Marvel, which I am super excited about. Um, Kamala Khan is probably like one of my top five uh, heroes. So, I'm super excited about this series. It looks like it's going to be really fun. I am a little nervous. Not nervous. Just like a little. Because I'm sure it will be fine. And it will be explained. But like Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of like a. I want my comic book movie. To at least. Follow the like baseline. Of the comic book itself. So. That being said. I am a little confused about her powers in this. It seems like she has like the 10 rings almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in the comics, it's the Terrigen mist that transforms her into a mutant, even though that's never really, (laughs) she doesn't go the like Xavier mutant school route. It's more if she goes Avengers, but she goes Avengers because of the Terrigen Mist, and that's what makes mutants. So it is strange that they're kind of changing that, especially since they now have the ability to bring in mutants. This could be the, <laughs> this could have been the first mutant. Which, like, who knows? Maybe it is, and maybe the trailer that they released is all a farce. Um,
2: no, they're holding on. I, I feel like mutants they're keeping that so close to the chest right now I I wouldn't be surprised if they actually have like a whole outline of when the mutants will be in, officially introduced and when these movies will come come out uh, I would guess it's got to be a couple of years at least two to three years from now mm-hmm. uh, yeah which is why they're going this route uh film Twitter has like been hating on this trailer <laughs> no one likes this decision I've seen a lot of frustration <laughs> Frustrated uh, fans over this.
1: It just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't. Five years ago, it would have made sense. Yeah. Five years ago, it would have been like, well, Sony's the worst and they're really (laughs) hanging on to the rights. Okay, I get it. But like this just seems. Lazy Hmm. or like. I don't know, like it doesn't make sense to me that they have the ability to at least at least keep her origin story the same Mm -hmm. even if they didn't want to do the Terrigen mist like maybe they're saving that for what actually brings about mutants or something I don't know that's a whole thing so okay maybe they're saving that but like she could have at least done something or like classic superhero like a Hmm stops a car and some acid spills on her and it gives her powers or something. Like I don't know. Like it just seems weird that she just and we don't know how she gets them. Like the trailer doesn't really explain that. It's just kind of like yeah. oh she has these magical bands that make her you be able to like shoot beams and blasts and stuff, which like she doesn't do that. Like what what is this? So
2: Yeah. Someone <sighs> said like looked like she had uh Sue Storm's like force field ability. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, not not a Miss Marvel ability. She is not. She has like Captain Marvel powers almost, mm-hmm. but she's not. That's not what she is. She just idolizes Captain Marvel. So, I don't know. I'm sure that I'm still going to enjoy it. I'm still looking forward to the series. It looks well, like fun. But... I'm
2: gonna call it now. Mutants will be introduced in a series called the Mist. <laughs>
1: And I'll be super excited and I'll watch it and be like, took you guys long enough. (laughs) Um, Really quick before we get into like movie news. uh, I know we already talked a little bit about it, but there's one other piece of like, I don't know, weird news out there. Um, Marvel. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy specifically <laughs> has partnered with Adidas and they now have a Marvel, a Guardians of the Galaxy Adidas collection. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, they're not all great but I do really like the Gamora ones. Hmm. I think those look really cool. Um,
2: I feel like I'm going to start seeing ads for these now um, but I have seen the ads for the Spider-Man shoes and uh, yeah, those are pretty cool. I, my kids would love them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh man. The first, I, the second, I saw them. I was like, "Guardians of the Galaxy,
2: Adidas, cool." Uh, <laughs> are so. you looking them up?
0: I'm looking at them. Yeah.
2: Am I? My husband is no. a
0: big uh, yeah. Adidas guy, and so i was seeing if any of these would be ones that he like. And yeah, some of these are pretty cute. Yeah, I would, I would wear <laughs> one to three yeah. of these.
1: <laughs> yeah, some of the other ones aren't great. Uh, hmm. I think if I remember, well, the Drax ones are not. The coolest looking. (laughs) I'll look them up later. (laughs) And uh, what's a Groot? Groots are just brown,
2: like (laughs) brown, brown shoes. Yeah, those are the
0: ugliest ones I was looking. I was like, oh, no, one of these is super not cute. And it's those. It's the Groot ones.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like you didn't even try. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, that, that was my other non cinematic <laughs> universe news uh but i just wanted to point that out in case any of you are sneakerheads, i'm not but <laughs> i can appreciate them so
2: <laughs> we'll just collect them yeah
1: exactly yeah, yeah. and get them signed i do
0: love like yeah all these like marble tie-ins with fashion and things like that like i sent y'all that pandora one earlier this week <laughs> where they have the line of jewelry now and most of it is just little charms of uh like, they have, like, a little Captain America shield and that sort of stuff to put on your, I don't know, I'm sure that you guys have not had to buy these, but these ruthlessly expensive Pandora bracelets. Oh, I've had and, to buy one of those. <laughs> and, of course, the thing that I liked the most was that ring that I sent to y'all that had all the Infinity Stones on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, mm-hmm. yeah, ladies and whoever else might want that. It is sold out. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, every size. So, I'm sorry. And there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs>
1: I've always liked stuff like that. I, I've always uh, told my fiance, because, I don't know, you can see I'm wearing a Xavier's, <laughs> uh, Professor Xavier school t-shirt, um, but I want to adultify a little bit my wardrobe, <laughs> so I've been going for uh, what I like to call subtle geekery, which is like, I have like a polo. And it has instead of like the polo logo, it's like a little Death Star, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, it's there for me, but also it looks nice enough to wear. So I I want them to do more of that. I feel like lately, the Marvel fashion stuff that has come out has been very in your face Marvel, Mm -hmm. which like, okay, that's fine. But like, give me like a cool, like a, like the ring, the ring is really cool. If you didn't know Marvel stuff you would probably just think like, oh, that's a ring with like a bunch of different colored gems in it. So I want more of that. <laughs> Not rings specifically, but. Uh... One
0: on every finger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the Mandarin. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, to jump back into the cinematic universe, uh, sort of along the path that we were speaking in terms of Fox and Sony and Who Owns What. Uh, Morbius is coming out April 1st. Uh, so that's right next week. <laughs> um, uh, whoa, is that? Yeah, that's next week, right? Yes, next Saturday. Next Friday, sorry. Next Friday. Um, so, that is super exciting. Uh, I did see a quote from Jared Leto that says In the film version of Morbius. He is part of a much larger universe. The multiverse is officially open. And there's all kinds of opportunities. For villains to meet up. So. Are we going to get. Spider-Man specific villains. Because. Hmm. We already kind of talked about. How Spider-Man may be incorporated. Into Morbius. Or are we going to get. Marvel villains which wouldn't make sense since Sony decided that they wanted to do their own Spider-Man movies so
2: yeah at this point who knows um to the to the previous point where like we could get a Spider-Man in this film there's things someone has started I don't know the right word to call it not necessarily a rumor they're trying to make it factual that like Spider-Man will not be in this but it's kind of like how can you know for sure? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really know if this person has seen the film, but I saw like, uh, this was in film, Twitter, the film, Twitter world, like where all of these rumors and things usually start. Like it's just getting aggravating. Cause you don't know what's what. And it's kind of like one of those things, like just stop saying this stuff. Like, let's just wait for the film and watch it to see like <laughs> who's in it and who's not. Right. Because, you know, we do get vulture is in a tray in the trailer. So this is one of those moments. Like, is this, are they playing a trick on us or right? Could this be the only other villain possibly is,
1: is Morbius even in the universe that we know yeah. or is right. Morbius in a completely different universe and he comes over into
2: exactly. Yeah. Peter? that's a ultra Variant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Loki. Um It's <laughs> this goes into like, what is, what is my big wish? I want blade to show up. And that goes into like, are they in the same universe or is this going to be part of like some sort of crossover and. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know.
1: We'll find out next week.
2: Yes. Next
1: Friday. <laughs> this, They're not Thursday. playing a trick on us. Yeah. True.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm like itching for a Thursday or Wednesday release so I can get. Could you imagine?
1: This. Could you imagine if everybody gets so hyped and then on the first, <laughs> you're like, just kidding. We're not, we didn't actually make a Morbius movie. I-
0: LMAO, who would do that?
2: <laughs> right. I feel like uh, you got to go off the Thursday premiere. If there's no Thursday premiere, then I'm like, mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, Jared Leto's lying. Uh,
2: <laughs> too busy working I mean, he, on. He, uh, look, he, goes,
1: he goes hardcore. So like, maybe this is just a Jared Leto prank.
0: <laughs> He's been a character as Jared Leto who's in a movie that doesn't exist for the last two years.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. My gosh. yeah. Just that really hyped uh, <laughs> well, the other big uh, Marvel movie that will be coming out is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, there is news all over. Most of it seems to fluctuate in and out of fact versus fiction uh, as far as what people are claiming either to know or claiming is in the movie or claiming isn't in the movie. So we're not going to dive too deep into all the news surrounding this just because we don't want to give you fake news. We don't know what, we don't know what any of any of this actually is. So uh, the one thing I will say for it is, I don't know if you guys know the uh, magazine empire. Um, I feel like I know them from like the checkout stand at Barnes and Noble, right? Like that's usually Mm -hmm. where you see those. But uh, they've always they're always talking about movies and stuff coming up. There is a really cool subscriber subscriber cover uh, for the new issue uh, where someone has done like a hand illustrated version of the Multiverse of Madness poster mm-hmm. um, that we saw. It's really cool. Uh, so if you're like a Marvel generalist collector that may be a cool thing to have. I don't really know anything about what you need to do to have a subscriber cover. I assume you just have to subscribe. So I don't know if you already do. I'm sure that we'll see these on the internet soon as like some sort of collectible for people to get. Uh, I don't know that I would get one because I don't want a magazine, but it is a really (laughs) cool cover. So if they ever make this cover into like a, actual poster it would be a really cool piece to have
2: um that would be cool i used to collect things like this growing up um Mm -hmm. this is one yeah if i could find it i'd I'd get it
1: yeah it's it's definitely really cool even even if you just want to see it i think it would make like a cool computer background or something like that so yeah um but do you guys have any other news that you saw
2: i did see something earlier today which was uh I guess it was interesting in the order that I saw it. Cause it's a much bigger thing, but um, there's new cover art that's specific for the digital release of no way home. And I only saw like a portion of it and it doesn't look the greatest. And, and that was the, the initial context that I had. I was like, man, this looks like kind of rough. And this was, I saw this via Twitter and then I switched over to Instagram And this is actually from Boss Logic, which I know we've kind of brought up before. And he works on so many things. Some of it does go to public release for uh, whether it's Marvel or DC. But he revealed, like, the full picture. And generally his stuff is really great. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting that, like, I wish the context was there initially to see. But, yeah, some of it close up looks a little not as cool as it could be, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I feel like whenever they come out with the original cover art, Mm -hmm. it always looks cool. And then I feel like 70% of the time when they come out with new cover art, it's not good. And so it's like, why did you feel the need to change it? Yeah. Unless unless you were covering something up, like if the original Spider-Man cover art had just been... Tom Holland, Peter Parker, and then they made another one that was like, maybe, you know, those ridiculous, like collect them all. I could see like a cover with Tom Holland, a cover with Raimi Spider-Man and a cover with <laughs> Garfield Spider-Man, you know, like, okay, sure. That's what you want to do. I get, I get that. But I don't know, to just like make a completely different cover was a point.
0: They just do that to get attention on it. It's kind of like if you've seen one cover as you've been scrolling through Netflix for like six weeks and then you start to kind of tune it out in your brain but if it's different a little bit, it's going to catch your attention. And you might actually watch it.
1: Oh, I I always absolutely click on things that I've watched before on Netflix when they have a new cover because I'm like, (laughs) is this different? And then I'm like, no, it's not. Never mind. Bye. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, well. You guys want to dive into our questions? <gasps> Let's do it. Cool. Um, does anyone have them written down? If not, I can pull them up. I don't.
0: I have nothing written down.
1: <laughs> oh, I just saw them. And then I clicked away. Okay. <laughs> so, Alisa, do you want to uh, explain... Um, a little bit more because I have not listened to this yet, but it sounds like a fun podcast. So,
0: okay, yeah. Um. So, many of our uh, listeners may be aware that there's a podcast called uh, Films to Be Buried With. And it's hosted by Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. So he's a terrific actor and comedian, but he also really loves film. And so for each episode of his show, he has a guest on. uh, And he's had some really great guests. My favorite episode so far uh, was when he interviewed Patton Oswalt. Um, And he begins by having them recount how they died. (laughs) And then goes on to ask them questions about... Movies, the concept being that each one fulfills some kind of special niche for this person. Uh, And the questions are so interesting. And again, the responses that he gets from his guests are often like so thought provoking. I've had to like add a bunch of movies to my watch list because of how these people have talked about them. But if you enjoy the questions that we are about to ask each other, I encourage you to seek out that podcast because it's great. And we're sorry for (laughs) stealing. Fred Goldstein slash Roy can't.
1: I'm not sorry. Come be on our podcast and you can ask yeah. us the questions yourself. Yes. <laughs> Please. So don't listen to this as episode, Roy. Then come on. As Roy. Right. have to come listen to this podcast <laughs> as Roy. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're just going to go through. There's about 12 questions, I think. Um, so we'll kind of go through them and we'll just uh, – We'll round robin it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, here we go. First question. What was the first film you ever saw? Wait. I read that wrong. What was the first ever <laughs> film you saw? Um, uh, are we counting things like animated films or should we just stick with live action stuff?
0: I say all <laughs> films should be included.
2: I, yeah. The struggle with this one is like, I would just go with the first one you can remember. <laughs> See, I
1: feel like the early on they were all kind of like lame, not lame. I mean, I'm sure I enjoyed them at the time, but like, uh, land before time. Mm-hmm. I watched that a lot. Cause I had that, uh, But I think the first live action film I ever saw, (laughs) no joke, was uh, James Bond Moonraker. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was like seven, maybe. Um, And I was at a friend's house and they had like every James Bond movie. (laughs) And so we watched that and I was like this is cool. Like, ah, spies are cool. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: The earliest movie I have a specific memory of watching, and I know I watched it literally all the time, was Fable Goes West.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) such Ah, a good movie.
0: It's like, yeah, in my mind, it stands out as being like amazing. I haven't seen it since I was probably like eight, but yeah. And, but I know for a fact that before that, I watched the movie Bambi because my mom said when I was a toddler, I would walk mm. up to randos like at Walmart and quote Bambi. <laughs> so that's probably the first one I
2: actually watched. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: funny.
2: Man, this, this is one of those one that was very difficult because I, should, yeah, I probably should have asked my mom if she remembers. <laughs> I would say it probably would have to be like, Peter Pan, like, you know, like Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland. I'm sure those were like some of the first films that I saw. Uh, something that was like imprinted in memory, though, Jurassic Park. Hmm. I am pretty confident. I had to look up the release date for that. I'm pretty confident that I went and saw this in the theater with my just my dad. Because uh, the time that this was released, my younger brother was just a toddler. And the town I grew up in we had a theater but it didn't last long and I I feel like Jurassic Park may have been like one of the last things they showed because I don't really remember being a big audience or anything but I'm fairly confident like this was like my first theater experience
1: oh man I don't even know what my first theater experience and that one
2: was (laughs) kind of goes into the next question in a way
1: yeah well that's what I was gonna say I was like oh man Well, yeah, definitely. So uh, what was the first film or what was the film that scared you the most? And for me, it had to be when I was a kid, because as an adult, I don't scare very easily. So Mm. as a kid, it was the second Jurassic Park movie. I was at the same (laughs) friend's house and we watched it one night and they had like a they had this room that had. It was weird because we were in Florida, so like not a lot of Florida houses had basements but their house had this like basement though their backyard went up. And so it only had a tiny little window like right above where the couch was. And it was level with the ground outside, but it was like way up on the ceiling or on the ceiling on the wall. So it was kind of like you were underground. It was pouring rain. We watched that movie and all night long. I could swear the velociraptors were like walking around outside <laughs> that window. I was not having it. I was like, I can't believe we just watched the most scary movie on Earth. Jurassic Park 2. So, yeah. Yeah, that was probably the movie that scared me the most.
0: (laughs) I agree that it has to be like a, a when you were a kid thing because as you get older you get more like cynical. So even though you watch movies that are objectively scarier they don't get to you the way that they do whenever you're little. So, I know that the movie that scared me the most and this is this is not a scary movie because I rewatched it recently to see if it was as scary as it was in my memory, and it's not. <laughs> uh, it's the movie Anaconda, <laughs> because that came out oh, when I was yeah. like, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came out when I was like ten years old, and my mom was out of town for the weekend, so we didn't have a responsible parent checking our uh, movies that we watched. So my dad thought that it would be okay to rent for me and my younger brother the gigantic snake movie. And so I remember that I was sitting there, I was so excited to be watching it, and I was literally shaking with fear watching this movie, and I would not turn it off because I was so excited. And, like, aside from that one, the one that scared me the most wasn't the movie, but whenever I was about 13, my friends and I were staying in a camper and we watched The Ring. And again, it wasn't the movie. It's whenever you put in the VHS of the ring, it starts with that video that kills you. Just no explanation, before the trailers, everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so we were just like, what was that? Out in this creepy camper (laughs) in the middle of my yard. So we were terrified after that. Just wondering what on earth had just happened to us.
2: (laughs) Wow. Those are good. Uh, For me... (laughs) Okay, yeah, and this is crazy because it always goes goes back to when younger. Uh, Pet Cemetery, <gasps> um, because I just remember seeing. I I didn't even see the whole movie. I I didn't kind of get into it until the end when the kid is like brought back and just kind of going crazy on the family and some. So, you know, like my first memory of that film is when I think like. He like drops like someone from the ceiling, and you just kind of see him up there, standing up there. And I was like, "Nope, (laughs) (laughs) not for me." Pet Cemetery.
1: I uh, (laughs) when I lived in Pittsburgh, I was in a music video, and we filmed at this like skeevy punk bar, (laughs) and uh, they played Pet Cemetery like one, two, and three. Like, base because we were there for most of the day, and they just had like a TV behind the bar. And it, when when we got there, Pet Cemetery One was on. It ended Cemetery Two. They put that in, <laughs> then they put in Three. And I was like, "What is this? Like, you guys are just watching all the Pet Cemetery movies at this bar?"
0: The little boy in the first uh, in Pet Cemetery right. is so cute, though.
2: <laughs> He's so adorable. <laughs> I know, like rewatch, like I, I have rewatched it. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, oh man, like what is he in? He's in like Full House and Kindergarten Cop and.
0: Yeah, he was like three years old. It's right? the least threatening, most precious
2: <laughs> I, thing. I don't know. Never know sometimes.
1: <laughs> uh, well, okay, this next one will be a little difficult. What was the film that made you cry the most? Um. I think for me, thinking about when I was younger, because like... I don't know i don't maybe i don't watch enough sad movies um probably like homeward bound um probably yeah probably that uh and then an answer more for uh a joke with my fiance uh, is brave because we saw that in theaters and <laughs> i'm getting teared up thinking about it uh when that movie starts and there is like the opening sequence where she's like running through the mountains and they play that song, I teared up in the theaters. I was so excited. I was like, "This is so nice. This is gonna be such a good movie." And uh, yeah, my fiance uh, makes fun of me constantly for that. She'll uh, she'll play the song sometimes. Be like, "You okay? You doing okay?" <laughs>
0: I'm a heartless robot who has never cried over any piece of media in her life. <laughs> hmm. I say that. I think maybe a song or two has gotten me, but only a funeral. So that doesn't count. And I do, I do have one that nearly got me like very, very close, but it's my answer to a later question. So I'm keeping it a secret for
1: hmm. now. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I'm like the polar opposite. I, I want movies that are going to tear me apart emotionally. Um, and some of them I've had, I've got to build myself up for like, I really want to watch uh, the worst person in the world, but I've heard like get tissue box ready. It's going to make you cry. So I'll try to get to that one this weekend. Maybe I just gotta, I don't know. This is a tough one. Um, I, I I don't know about, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, re- recent ones that I've watched that have gotten me emotionally would be like Marriage Story. Mm. That was a good one. Um, another Round is another one. That's a really fantastic film. Uh, there's there's too many. <laughs> there's a lot. I See, movies are harder for me because I don't...
1: I don't know, maybe it's just because there's not enough time to develop a story that I care enough about to to cry about. Um, but you know who, like, out of left field will get me constantly? Ricky Gervais. His shows <laughs> on Netflix, uh, Derek and Life After, I think is what it's called. Oh, my God. Like, if you just want to, like, it's never, you're never crying because you are sad it's mm-hmm. always like you're crying because it's like happy stuff sort of mm. but like it's oh my gosh it's so emotional <laughs>
2: yeah i mean yeah if we want to flip this to a series if you want a mixture uh watch the series made mm. m-a-i-d on netflix okay. every episode <laughs> every episode
1: all right let's move on to uh more fun stuff again um so what's a film what what film is terrible but you love it um this is hard because i that's my bread and butter it's like terrible movies i love them um so i would probably say A movie that's like objectively just bad, but I enjoy it. Say that's hard. Uh, I don't know. Bill and Ted, maybe like that's oh, a, that, that is that's a, a great movie. movie. What? Uh, well, okay, so see, that's the thing is like if you. <laughs> I feel like all the movies that I can think of are like. Old Chinese martial arts movies that like there's no real plot and the acting's not great, but I enjoy watching them. So,
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know. Bill and Ted is one of those movies that like I love it and I will watch them forever. But like objectively, I know that it is not a good movie. Like (sighs) the story doesn't make sense and there's no real plot. And there
0: is heartwarming friendship.
1: Yes, and I enjoy it. So that's that is a movie. That'll be my choice, I guess. Terrible movie that hmm. I love. <laughs> all right. All right.
0: Mine is and I say this with a very special place in my heart for bad movies, including the likes of say The Ring. Um not The Ring, The Room, The Room. That's what I was meaning, The Room. <laughs> um but a stupid juvenile utterly ridiculous movie that I love with my whole heart is Billy Madison. I have Mm. loved that movie since (laughs) I saw it when I was about 11 years old. I still laugh like an idiot every time I watch it and talk about (laughs) no plot, no content. There's a whole scene where he's just talking to his shampoo and conditioner in the bathtub. And it's like a three minute scene. (laughs) And I love that scene. It's hilarious. (laughs) So Billy Madison Mm -hmm. is my answer. (laughs)
2: That's pretty solid. Wow, (laughs) man, this is a. I I gotta think on this. I'm gonna have to circle back. I gotta. I gotta really think on this one. Because I feel like the Demolition
1: Man. That's one that I like too, and that's a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeez. There's just too many. Like (laughs) the movies that I love the most are movies from like the early to mid '80s action movies that are just nothing. There's just no story. It's mm-hmm. just things exploding and like terrible people being terrible. I don't know. Hmm. I love those movies.
2: A uh, film is so subjective though, because I can think I could probably think of, I got one that's coming to mind. I don't think it's terrible, but I think many people think it's terrible. And that would probably be like Napoleon dynamite.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I like I like I like it. But I'm it's like not
0: on plot. it's la on plot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just throw that out there. As, oh. I, I don't think it's terrible, but I know a lot of people think it's terrible, but I I really like it.
1: I don't think this is a later question. Let me double check. So uh I have I two to... quick hot takes on that. Is that uh Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, my favorite Indiana Jones movie, objectively mm-hmm. most people's least favorite, and uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, of mm-hmm. the crappy prequels. three prequels, that's my favorite prequel, and objectively people hate that movie, so maybe those will be my answers. <laughs> um, all right. What is the film you once loved? But watch it now, you realize it's terrible. Oh, so it's sort of along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them. I've just, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know that I could pick one out. I watch a ton of movies that I watch now <laughs> and I'm like, this is a terrible movie.
0: I don't, I wouldn't call this movie terrible. But it's one that I loved whenever I was young, like a teenager. And just whenever I became an adult and rewatched it, it's still a good movie. It's very, very funny. But I have realized that a lot of the humor is very dark and inappropriate. (laughs) And so I feel weird about watching it now. And that's the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. Have y'all ever seen that one about the beauty pageant?
1: Uh, no, but I it's actually it's on a list of mine to watch. So
0: oh, go watch it like tonight.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: it is definitely a formative <laughs> film in my life, and again, super duper funny. <laughs> but it is so so dark. Watching it as a grown up.
2: Hmm. <laughs> wow. Uh. So mine, I would say mission impossible two good I, that's a
1: good answer
2: <laughs> i really 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 like the mission impossible films um one is definitely my favorite the newer ones are really really good really solid but i think one just is like a special place like that was an amazing theater experience but i tried to go back and rewatch these this was like a year or two ago And I couldn't get through two. I think I stopped it like 30 (laughs) minutes in. I was just like, man, this this is bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, What's the film that means the most to you? Not because of the film itself, but because of the memories you have of it. Um, I would say... I don't know. These are hard. I would say maybe... I have so many. I don't know. I my life is literally movies. So I don't I don't know. Um maybe I I'll, I'll say uh, Beauty and the Beast because Aww. I watched it a lot growing up um and then I worked when I worked at Disney I was an usher for the Beauty and the Beast uh, stage show. So it was kind of like I got to work with all the characters that I grew up with in the movie. So that's what I'll say. Lucky. Memories. <laughs> that's a good one.
0: Um, Mine is, this is the one that almost made me cry, by the way, but it's probably Steel Magnolias, because, I mean, first of all, a great film, uh, but it's one that I watched a lot with my mom growing up, uh, and with other various female relatives, and it kind of reminds me of them, because it's about a group of southern ladies who sit around and gossip and talk about food and other people that they know, and and it's just it's very very relatable so yeah it's probably the one that means the most to me
1: <laughs> that's I, that's a good one <laughs> it had like an actual meaning to it
0: yeah i mean it's again it's just also yeah, a great well. film <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. uh so mine is 500 days of summer oh good one good one yeah um and basically this would probably be an answer to, to another question coming up, but yeah, essentially just went through a really rough time in life. I mean, basically it follows the film. Like it was a bad breakup and I went to like a midnight showing of that film and, uh, and yeah, I just really connected with the film.
1: Nice. All right. Well to, to like flip this deep <laughs> question on its head, what is the sexiest film? Oh, yes. Um, Man, what is the sexiest film? I'll say Predator. It's just a bunch of jacked dudes covered in oil, high-fiving each other in the woods.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, beat that. Uh,
0: The correct answer is The Mummy starring Brennan Fraser. (laughs) unbeatable
1: <laughs> All right, you got two really hard movies to top. Oh, please.
2: Oh man. I wish there was a little more context here on how you get this answer. <laughs> hmm. Awkward pause, sorry. <laughs> Man, like, how do you answer this? Does this go into like? Is it just the cinematography? Is this like?
1: I think it's whatever you deem as equals the sexiest film.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, Hmm. I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a weird answer. I don't know. I could there's so many I don't know. Let's go social network.
1: Okay. Okay. All and right. I
2: think so much of that is just from the cinematography to the score. Like I just saw like uh like a clip online from the film earlier today and like now just I just want to go watch it because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's a good movie.
1: Okay. All right. Well, which film do you most relate to? Um this is weird because I don't know that I relate to many of the films that I watch because I watch so many like ridiculous over the top like action junk movies. Um <laughs> so I'll say which film do I relate the most to? I'll say Ugh. Pass. I'll come. Come back to me. I'll. I'll, I have to think.
0: (laughs) I don't have an answer for like me as an adult because I'm the same. I just don't feel like I make that that same kind of connection now that I'm grown. But as a teenager, I felt a large amount of kinship with the character Juno in the movie Juno. (laughs) Have y'all ever seen that one? Yeah, I've like yeah. Yeah, I I just really really loved that movie. And like her her whole vibe of being like sort of nerdy but not super duper nerdy, uh not really being super girly but also not like a tomboy or anything. She's just kind of like making it and making fun mm-hmm. of everybody that she meets. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I get this."
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I Ever, you already know my answer to this one. It's definitely gonna be Five Hundred Days of Summer,
1: <laughs> just
2: because the character of Tom, I connected with that character so well, and I'm just a huge fan of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And there's so so many films that he works on, and it's like, yeah, I can buy. I like that's. I could see myself there, buy with that. Yeah,
1: I think as a kid, this was e- this would be easier to answer because mine was Harry Potter. I had like roughly the same haircut. I was much taller than Daniel Radcliffe, but I had glasses and I had like two best friends and all I wanted to do was like go on adventures and explore secret stuff. So I'll say that for my answer and if I think of an adult movie then I'll I'll be sure to put that with our list or something. Um all right, which film is objectively the greatest ever? This is No, no challenge for me at all. It's the Goonies. Oh, you can't see my cup because it's... Uh, Goonies is my all-time favorite movie. It's the best movie ever. It's literally everything that you want. There's action, there's adventure, there's comedy, there's romance, there's scary parts, there's funny, I already said funny, but there's literally everything in that movie. It's the best, objectively. (laughs)
0: I went over, uh, these questions last night with, with Mason and this is, this was the one that probably gave me the most trouble because I was like, first of all, there is no objectivity whenever you're talking about art. Okay. There is no objective, the best out of anything. Something and good. like, <laughs> besides the coonies, um, and I was like, and of course I, I really enjoyed a lot of the ones that regularly like top those lists, like the AFI list and everything like, uh, Casablanca, Godfather, Citizen Kane, Gone with the Wind. Those are all really great movies. Um, but then you've got ones that are like, say, The Princess Bride, where every element seems like it was so perfectly well done to create that film. And so I said that when then Mason said that doesn't count because it's based on a book. And I was like, <laughs> what? That doesn't oh, make it any still sense. still counts. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I decided, I was like, okay, taking everything into account, like story, cultural impact, the detail of the filmmaking, I think my answer is Titanic. <laughs> and Mason's like, what? He hates that movie, first of all. And I was like, no, no, think about it, think about it. I was like, it's got a great story that emotionally involves you. It's based on a real historical event, so there's that kind of grounding to it. James Cameron is a freak who got all the historical details like crazily accurate. And I can't think of another movie that's had the kind of like pop culture influence that that one's had. And he said, "That doesn't make up for the fact that it's one half a cheesy romance, and then the other half a really standard disaster <laughs> flick." That's like, no, it's not. It's,
1: it's very yeah. good. I picked that one. <laughs> it is. That's pretty good. That's a good answer.
2: That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like Mason's not going to like my answer then. Oh, he might. He may. <laughs> I'm going to go Hook. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hook is just something special. That's, yeah, that's good. I mean, <laughs> it's Peter Pan, and it's...
1: It's Bangerang. Yeah. It's
2: ba- <laughs> <laughs> it's Bangerang. Done. Leave it at that.
0: Uh, Mason's answer was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, so...
1: I mean, that is a solid movie. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. It's not as good as the second one, but it's a solid movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, this is also an easy one for me to answer. Uh, Which film have you watched the most? The Goonies. (laughs) I literally watch it at least once a year. And back before I had a uh, girlfriend, now fiance, or streaming services, Mm -hmm. I literally owned... Well, I lived between a blockbuster and a movie gallery so both went out of business around the same time so I had just a ton of movies at home um, but Goonies is one that I would watch like anytime it rained anytime I was <laughs> bored, anytime I was like man I wish I could go on an adventure like oh. I don't know how many times I watched that movie far too many so that's my answer
0: <laughs> I think my answer has to be Men in Black because there was a summer that that movie like came out on VHS and my babysitter would come every day because I wasn't quite old enough to be at home without a babysitter (laughs) and I made her watch it with me every single day so and I've seen it plenty since then I still think it's like a really really solid like kind of action adventure sci-fi movie but yeah it's probably that one
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a good one to watch a lot so
2: yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm torn. I got like two in mind. I just don't know which one I've seen more. I would probably say for me it's You've Got mail oh, It's just uh it's a, Yeah, it's a classic. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's Tom Hanks. It's Meg Ryan. It's a feel good movie. It's like it's it's you know and again this isn't even the original this is kind of like a new spin on because now we're getting more into like email and technology and the internet and I just connect with that and it's just it's kind of my go to if I'm like if I'm sick it's my go to film if I'm just kind of down for any reason it's my go to film if I'm just doing stuff around the house it's a great go to film
1: <laughs> That is a good one.
2: The other one classic, I was thinking yeah movie. I think I've seen that one probably more than anything the other one I was thinking of was Die Hard, because that's become like a staple <laughs> for Christmas.
1: <laughs> well, since none of these films that we've just said will fit into this category, it's be a little more difficult. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Mine is a no-brainer. It's a movie called Happy Games. It is a nonsense movie about two teenagers that kill an entire family and their dog, and oh. then... Get away. And that's the end of the movie. It is the worst movie. Objectively, the worst movie. It is a terrible movie. There is no part of it that's fun. And there is no part of it that's any bit enjoyable. So don't watch that if you see it anywhere.
0: Gross. Yes.
1: <clears throat> Agreed.
0: Um, mine is the cult classic film Birdemic I do not know if you guys have seen Birdemic.
2: <laughs>
1: Hold on. You mean you don't like the like PNGs of birds just flapping, not moving? On the
0: contrary, I love them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that whole movie, like, again, as much as I adore the terribleness of the room, nothing really touches how poorly acted, horrendously paced. Hideously animated that Birdemic <laughs> is. It's a very, very special film.
1: It is, and I think it's free on YouTube. So <sighs> if anyone wants to watch it. Oh,
0: oh and gosh. there's the sequel. Have you seen the sequel? Oh, I have. It, sequel. I have
1: not seen it, but I know that it is out there. <laughs>
0: yeah, it name drops BB Arkansas and it mispronounces BB. It's truly something to behold. <laughs>
2: all right we're gonna go with the 2002 film darkness
1: i haven't seen that and maybe now i won't
2: (laughs) uh this is the only reason me and my uh best friend went see this was this is like the high school crush anna paquin was in this this was the worst movie ever This movie, uh, so this is off of IMDb. A teenage girl moves into a remote country house with their family only to discover that their gloomy new home has a horrifying past that threatens to destroy the family. It is extremely predictable. This was the one theater experience where, I kid you not, we became friends with everyone in the movie theater because we were basically calling this film as it was going screen by screen (laughs) and predicting like where it was going. It was just horrible. So we all kind of got together and we're just laughing and saying like, oh, this is about to happen. Yep. There it happens. And this is about, oh, there there." it's just, it was bad. It was very bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on the other side of the worst film you've ever seen, what is the film that literally, oh, this is the last question, by the way. What is the film that literally made you laugh out loud the most? Um, I don't know if this counts, but mine is going to be Jackass three. (laughs) Um, I saw it in theaters four times I think uh, within the first four days that it was out Um, (laughs) so do that math Um, and yes I laughed at every thing in that movie like out loud every time I saw it so I would say that I think a close second would be the hangover when the first one came out yeah, I, that that movie made me laugh out loud too.
2: Yeah,
0: there have been a lot of movies that I've gone to see that like made me laugh a lot. Couldn't breathe that kind of situation. Um, but the the ones that came to mind first was uh, there were two movies that I watched back to back in the middle of the night whenever I was twelve because I was having to stay at my uh, Granny Fay's house because my brother was having heart surgery. And they just were like, here's these movies that you can watch whenever you have time. But I didn't really feel like sleeping. Everybody else had gone to bed. And they were Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and The Emperor's New Groove.
1: <laughs> two very different and movies. <laughs> yeah. Two
0: very different movies, but both very, very funny. And so I remember I was actively trying to keep from like laughing loud enough to wake anybody up. <laughs> and since then, I've seen both of them like dozens and dozens of times. And they still make me laugh that hard. I love both of those movies so much.
2: Oh, man. Wow. I've got to go with Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> uh, even to this day, that is one that still just cracks me up. I would say the very close second would be the first Hangover. And yes. that that one has more of a memory impact because this was like, when this film came out, this was like when my brother and myself had, you know, we, would you know, we're in college, so we're out of house, but we went to go visit our parents. And, um, I was just like, dude, there's a midnight release. Like, let's, let's go watch this. And he was so like, didn't want to see it. He's like that. That was so much fun. That was so funny. (laughs) Um, but I still, I think dumb and dumber has to take the number one spot for laugh out loud. For sure.
1: I think that the hangover is let's see i saw jackass three four times i think i saw the hangover five or six times in theaters yeah and it wasn't it was it was more because like i saw it with one friend and another friend was like i want to see that yep. I was like i'll go and same. i went yep. and then i went again yep. so it was like i ended up seeing it a bunch but like
2: same here every time yeah oh yeah same here
1: <laughs> all right Well, those are all of our questions uh so if you haven't listened to this podcast what's it called
0: uh films to be buried with Uh,
1: oh yes films to be buried with um if you haven't listened to it which i have not listened to it but it is now on my list of podcasts to listen to so if you also are looking for a fun film podcast then definitely check it out and Yeah, like Elisa said, if you liked the questions that we asked, those are the questions that he asked. So (laughs) definitely, definitely listen to it. Um, But that is it for our first year of Agents of Mace. Um, You can obviously, please do, join us next week (laughs) for the first episode of Moon Knight. Um, We'll be continuing with our, because I'm pretty sure it's the Wednesday Um, so we're going to, I guess they're just going to stick with this Wednesday thing. So that's fine. Uh, so you'll be able to listen on Patreon Wednesday night, or if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you can listen on any podcast service that you use on Thursday. Um, so definitely be sure to join us next Thursday for the first episode of moon night and for the beginning of year two. You guys have any like end of year one-liners? I don't really know if there are end of year one-liners.
2: Don't know if I have one-liner. I'll get a little, I don't know the right word, sappy emotional for a moment and just say a big thanks to you, Drew, for wanting to do this. Because yes. I want to do a podcast <laughs> for so long. And just like the months before you kind of like posted about this, like, you could just probably envision me pacing around my house like just start a podcast just do it just do it just do it so well I'm yeah. glad
1: you guys joined me yeah. <laughs> yeah for any listeners that don't know how this podcast started yeah it was just sort of like I enjoyed watching WandaVision and I wanted people to talk about it with and so I was like what if I made a podcast where we just talked about these shows and uh so yeah I, I just reached out on like a casting website I, or a casting page on facebook i think because i was like i'll find actors that'll that'll <laughs> be good and uh yeah that's they'll where do I'm anything <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't have to pay them uh that's where i found luke and elisa and we've been doing this yeah ever since for a yep. year now so here's to year two Woo. <laughs> all right yeah cheers everyone i guess uh Our one-liner will be, see you next year.